0: Welcome back to Out of State Hunter podcast. Today I have my good friend Jaden Bales on again, and we're going to be talking more about Wyoming. One of the first shows we did on Out of State Hunter, um, Jaden was on, we talked about the pronghorn and the elk draw and application process. Since then, on the Out of State Hunter, I've kind of refined these shows a little bit. and I've come up with a more standardized questioning process, and I wanted to bring Jaden back on because we're getting really close to the deer draw, and we're going to talk about deer stuff today. So I'm very long-winded. That was That was all me, but now it's on to Jaden. So Jaden, welcome back to the show. Super happy to have you back on and talk about Wyoming some more.
1: Thanks, man. And you know, I always love sitting down and talking to you about this stuff. And um, it's something I'm really passionate about. I could talk about it for days, even if we weren't recording. So um, thank you again. And and I really like what you've been doing with the show. It's it's super educational. And um, I think it's it's got some stuff that uh, some details that have been missing on other podcasts. So hopefully I can do it justice here today with, with all the good
0: stuff you've been putting out. Yeah, I appreciate it. No doubt in my mind that you will add value to it for sure. And this show is pretty cool because I think it's just a different approach than what mm-hmm. mo- most people, they'll just throw in a random show into everything else, right? You got your fishing or, or or your fitness and your nutrition, and then all kinds of other topics. And then randomly, they'll just be a, hey, this is a Wyoming show. And I wanted the out-of-state hunter to be all about the states, right? And And I think that's the difference, right? And that's kind of what I was driving toward. they are not going to get any fitness stuff on this show. Although <laughs> but certainly not from the two of us, <laughs> <laughs> not with that, that cracker and that pheasant that you were just eating right before <laughs> we recorded. Um, uh, yeah. So we're going to be talking about Wyoming. I think last time Jaden was on, we hit a lot of topics and we hit them pretty thoroughly, but we're going to go through the standardized questions. And then we got a few things that we want to talk about too, because there's some proposed changes in Wyoming. If we get to those today, super awesome. If we don't, then sorry, listeners, you're going to have to wait. This might be a two-part show. So we'll we'll see how we get through this. Um, if people don't remember, Jaden, who are you? What do you do? What's going on with you? How could oh. they forget? How could people forget?
1: <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, my name is Jaden Bales. I work in the Wyoming Wildlife Federation for the Wyoming Wildlife Federation as their communications guy. Um, so my nine to five job is working on conservation as, uh, in, in Wyoming. And then, uh, as a side project, I run a, a, business called hunt West where I'm helping people find hunts and go have better hunts when they get there. Um, so basically if you want to find me or have any other questions, you can do so after all this. And I'm happy to help, especially with Wyoming specific stuff. It's my home state. I try to hunt a little bit different places, explore all around um every year so i uh, try to have a a broad you know swath of knowledge here and um yeah that's kind of the overview
0: so hunts west one quick question i had about hunts west are you only talking about wyoming when people get in touch with you or are you able to do multiple states and kind of a bigger area
1: i've done multiple states and i help folks put together like strategies for like a west wide strategy um I've hunted a lot of states. I think I'm at nine at this point. Um, but it's one of those things where I'm trying to like I I know that I can go super deep in Wyoming, which is what we're gonna do today. Yeah. Um, and that's where my expertise lies. So um that's it's one thing I, I really love to do, but I man, I love hunting Colorado. I've been to Nevada, I'm going to Utah this year. Um, my I grew up in Oregon. So all of those different states have hunted Idaho. Um, they're really enjoyable to learn about and teach about regarding the system and how you find hunts. So yeah, I did a little bit of them all, but Wyoming is the bread and butter for sure.
0: Gotcha. Good. Well, let's talk about Wyoming then. So, um, okay. So the one good thing about doing this show again and and having the opportunity to do the show again is some of the things that we talked about in the first show that we did those were proposed back then and some of those things have passed and there are they are now in place and Mm -hmm. i think we'll touch on some of that so the first topic that i have here is what's new for 2023 so what has changed or what's new this year so in wyoming for deer
1: right deer and antelope are the um, non-resident applications we're going to talk about today um, there aren't any major changes for 2023 to the system itself, um, but we have a lot of tag cuts that are happening across the state. A couple increases like in some certain areas, um, but I will say like we've had a real hard winter, especially um, in the western and southwestern parts of the state um, that have really knocked back populations, which obviously like the corresponding result to that are reduced opportunities to go hunting. Um, so people have to factor those in as they're looking at coming out to Wyoming to hunt this year. Um, but for the most part, you know, like those, like the tag reductions are very much so like something that can fluctuate throughout time. So depending on the time horizon, you're looking to come here, like things could change. Um, the one thing to keep in mind though, is like, One of the fastest ways to create what we call point creep when you're, uh, the point level you have is no longer, um, guaranteeing a tag is, uh, when you cut tags, you reduce the amount of, uh, the amount of opportunity that are in the hat for you. So these are the things that people really should take into consideration looking at, uh, coming out here, 2023.
0: Gotcha. And that's what we're going to get into toward the end is those, those tag reductions, um, uh, yeah, was there some season changes too and some cost changes did those pass?
1: So there were some cost changes. Um, there were a couple different things that were on the table I think the last time we talked. Um, one was changing preference points for moose and sheep um, to bonus points that didn't go through the legislature. Um, the other thing that happened though was um, they they did pass a fee increase for special licenses only. And in and in Wyoming, there's two pools of licenses that non-residents can apply for for or for elk, antelope, and deer. And those are special fee and regular fee. So special fee are 40% of the licenses, and regular fee are 60% of the licenses. They increase the price of just the special fee. Um, so you're going to see some pretty significant tag uh, tag price increases in 2024. This does not not happen right now. It's not this year. It did. And I think this is probably what you're getting at. It happened. The change happened
0: this year, but it won't be implemented until 2024. Gotcha. And it was significant, but, um, so we'll probably get into this again too. Mm -hmm. Um, the difference between the special tag and the general tag, and why those special tags are set the way that they are. I think we'll touch on that again, just because it is, Wyoming is a little confusing, and it'll be good to touch on it again. Um, How about important reminders, important dates? Is there anything that people need to know prior to applying for this deer season that's any important reminders?
1: Um, So right now, the uh, draft proposal of the tags are out and they're being reviewed by the commission and they're being commented on by the hunters. Those are going to be accepted at the April commission meeting, which is going to be, uh, I believe, on April 17th and 18th. So up until that point, there's still some things that are fluid and still some things that are changing as far as tag numbers are concerned. Season dates are concerned. Antler point restrictions are concerned. So just you, you have to take everything with a grain of salt until that um, April 17th and 18th meeting. Following that though, um, the next thing that people need to keep in mind is the May 31st at midnight um, tag application deadline. So that's where you will make sure you have your deer and antelope applications in by.
0: When does that open? It's open now. Oh, you can apply now even though those those numbers and that stuff isn't set?
1: Yes, it's uh it's there's certainly a conversation to be had as to whether or not that is a good thing, but it's partially what um, can get people in a bind is like you'll go in to apply just like you always do and in March or whatever. And and then they'll change something after the fact. and, And that would really mess you up for instance. And I'm happy to give this one out because I think we need to kill more whitetail in, uh, Wyoming, but, um, in areas one, two, and three, there is a brand new whitetail doe license that has not been in existence before. Um, but like, that is something that people can apply for and get, um, this year. So like I said, it's new, and it is brand it's like wasn't an option in previous years that is now an option um with these changes. So that's where people have to do a little bit of due diligence here and and double check the regulations and the hunting seasons before they just do what they've always done.
0: Yeah, because it's a new tag. You can apply for it now, but you don't know how many tags there are gonna be or if there's gonna be an antler restriction on it, or how long your seasons are gonna be. So there's there is a lot up in the air. I'm actually yep. surprised. I'm not going to say this. Well, yeah, I, I, I would be. I'm surprised if people apply before that change is made or until those numbers are set.
1: I think just as based on human nature, most of us procrastinate to the very end, right? Yeah. And so has never been a major major issue, but especially as like applications are becoming more and more um, competitive between different states, I think it probably will become more, more of an issue. Um, So we'll see what they end up doing. I mean, and everyone is... All all the states seem to be coagulating around this April and May application time frame. And so whereas you used to have things that were spread out and people would just, like, you know, they wouldn't issue... They would issue the same tags as the year prior or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, now they're doing it on the yearly basis, so it's getting tricky. Um, But yeah,
0: Yeah, just a lot to keep up with, for sure. Um, How about... License requirements for non-residents. I'm pretty sure we touched this on the last one, but we're just going to hit it again. What is required if I'm going to be in the field and I'm out there, I'm hunting deer, what do I have to have in my pocket to be legal?
1: Great question. I just, uh, I get this all the time. The only thing you need are your license, number one, like your it'll be a deer license or a pronghorn license, or whatever, and a conservation stamp. Those are it. Um, those are the only two things to, uh, unless you're archery hunting, and then you also need your art, arch- special archery permit.
0: Um, is that conservation stamp? Do you buy that when you buy the license?
1: You sure can. You can yeah, buy it okay. at any time. But, oh. um, so basically your license fee is whatever you end up paying, whether it's special or regular, depending on the species, but then you have a $21, 2150 is the conservation stamp. So, um, do not forget that. That's a, that's an important one, but basically <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the, um, Only thing you really need to go big game hunt.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, One more important reminder, I guess, or we'll call it an important date or deadline. Preference points. When do you buy preference points for Wyoming? Oh, this is good. So it changed a
1: couple of years ago. So if people have been buying preference points and then they were like, wait, I didn't get a preference point this year. It's because basically that you used to be able to receive a preference point when you applied and didn't draw. Mm-hmm. Now you have to start, you have to go back in July. You just July 1st. Um, you can go back in July and buy your preference points for deer, elk, and antelope. Um, I'm not super sure why they made that change specifically for those species, because you can get a point if you apply for like moose and you, and you don't um, get awarded a tag. But um, basically, yeah, you cannot forget. You have to go back in July and buy your preference point if you do not draw that application period uh runs from July until the end of
0: October if i remember right yeah it's um, pretty long it's hard to forget yeah. to to do it cuz i mean it pop you see it pop up all over social media all the time and everything it's pretty yeah. hard to forget but it is just kind of random that you yeah. go in Montana is the same way too i think yeah yeah montana you go in same time frame it's like july i have a reminder set up on my calendar to to go in and buy my points for Wyoming because I don't ever Smart want to. Smart man. Yeah. Smart and this man. year I'm not applying for anything. So I'm going to have to remember to do the points. Oh yeah. That's and if I did sl- apply, it wouldn't matter. Cause, cause you don't get the point automatically. So. You lucky dog. I forgot. You've got a couple tags in your pocket already. I do. We can talk about those <laughs> after this. I have enough to keep me busy all year. And New Mexico hasn't even released their stuff yet. So. Good for you, man. Ah, we'll see. Sort of. You got to have vacation time in order to enjoy those. Hunts. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what about, is, is Wyoming a mandatory reporting state? Do you have to report the, any game that you took last year in order to apply? It is not a
1: mandatory reporting state, however. And so they basically contact a sample of people. Usually it's somewhere 30, 40% of all hunters. And that random sample is generally big enough to, to, um, to pull out the harvest data. Um, especially when you're talking these general units or like these high tag units, the best thing you can do, though, even if you don't get contacted, is to go in there and fill out your dang harvest survey um, just so they have a little bit more accurate information. The more the more data they can gather, the better. Um, and anyone who does their harvest survey gets put in for some different prizes. I haven't won one of these prizes yet, but I think I will one day. I always do them know. religiously. Yeah, that's actually a pretty
0: cool incentive to, to do some kind of giveaway or whatever it is in order to do it. The yeah, incentive absolutely. in New Mexico is you don't get to apply if you didn't do your mandatory reporting. So there's yeah. an
1: incentive. <laughs> uh, I uh, I've I've got mixed feelings about mandatory reporting because I don't want to be told to do anything, but um, I do understand the value of of having that data. And it seems as though it, you know implementing that system um, wouldn't be rocket surgery, but we'll I'll leave that up to the professionals. <laughs> yeah, not
0: not my game. I just report. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on a little bit to application process and stuff so that we can we can kind of dive into this. And, and now as we'll get there, but we'll start talking about those different types of tags and, and how they mm-hmm. apply and percentages and all of that kind of stuff. But the, the first thing I want to ask is, or maybe you have a better way to explain Wyoming, but it's Wyoming when you're applying in Wyoming. No, mm-hmm. we're not going to start there. If I want to apply in Wyoming, mm-hmm. what's the first thing that I need to do? I go to the website and then how do I initiate an application? And the first get it, thing get you it submitted. This is good. This is good. The first thing you do
1: is click apply or buy. And that's where you can, there's a big red button there, apply or buy, and then you go apply for license, and then you'll go through the whole process of creating an account. Um you'll have to basically I'm trying to remember specifically where it says this, if you just have to carry it in the field, but you'll have to have like your hunter safety card, um, and, um, make sure you kind of have all your ducks in the row for like, um, just the, uh, the usual, like driver's license, like, uh, credit card information to set up your account and all that stuff. And then you can go through and, um, select the hunts that you would like to apply for. um, and if you'd like, I can go into a little bit of detail about the difference between the types, but that that's kind of
0: where people no, we will get there in just a second. I think Okay. here in a minute, I, I want to talk about the actual, um, the draw, pro- well, we'll, we'll get to the application stuff. I want to yep. throw out a little helpful tip right now uh-huh. to people. Um, well, there, there's a couple of different things that you can use. So you mentioned your hunter safety card and the number and all of that kind of stuff. I have a folder on my desktop that has all of those important things in it. And I know when I'm getting ready to apply in a state, I just bring it up. I have a copy of my driver's license because it's got my driver's license number. I have my hunter safety card. I have the state, uh, whatever my number is for that state. And then I can go in and apply. The other place where I store that stuff is Go Hunt has a point tracker, and you can go into Go Hunt and you can save your state information. You can't save your driver's license or your hunter safety information, but uh, you you are right. Cause there's been years in the past where I've gone to apply and I'm like, damn it, I got to go get my driver's license. Right. And it's yep. out in the truck or something. And so then I got to run outside and I get that and I come back and then, ah, oh, crap, I need my hunter safety card. Where's that thing at? And I have to find yep. it. So I just keep a little folder that's got everything I'm going to need to apply. And it's right there. I can access it right when I'm going in to apply. So, uh, helpful tip, take it or leave it for anybody listening. Uh, It's super helpful. And you'll take it one day when you go to apply and you don't have any of that stuff, you'll create a folder.
1: Exactly. The other thing that's interesting is in the last couple of years, they did a new, um, login system. So if you've applied in the past, but maybe didn't last year, um, then you're going to have to go in and create a login and find yourself again. Um, but this new login, I personally like it a little bit more than some of the others. You literally have like a username and a password, and some people, if, if you're bad at if you're bad at remembering these things or writing them down, you got to write them down and put them in that same folder that that Chad's talking about here. <laughs> but um, I think that it's super helpful to have that new login system. But again, if you haven't done it in the last couple of years, uh, you got to create that system when you log in too.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that is that. Now, now let's talk about that. So you click your buy and apply button and mm-hmm. what happens next? What, how are people going to get their application? Remember this is all for non-resident people too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So you go through
0: the whole, the whole thing where
1: you go accept I'm not, this is not perjury. I know what I'm doing. This is all my information, yada, yada. And then you get the opportunity, um, to select like what you're going to be applying for. And this is where those tag, and this is where it, this is, I don't know if you want to dive in all the way on this yet, but, um, this is where those tag types come in handy because you have basically full price licenses and
0: reduced price licenses. Yeah. And- go ahead. Take, take it all the way and if okay. we can we'll we'll work through it i've got enough notes where i can get us back on track if we get out there great so
1: keep in mind um this is different than the elk so they only the only full price licenses are going to be the male of the species so if you're looking for a a buck antelope or a buck deer uh mule deer or whitetail you're going to be looking at the full price the does will all be reduced price under antelope and deer so um that is a separate draw. It's a completely random draw. It's less money, and it's a totally different thing. For the full-priced deer, for example, um, you go to click and then you get the opportunity to select whether you're the individual applying, you're not applying with anybody, or you can select whether you are a party organizer or a party member. If you're an organizer, that means you're the first person of your party to be putting in this application. Um, if you're the party member, that means you have an organizer already who has gone in there and created a party ID and I'll, and given that to you. So, you know what to apply for, um, any questions about the party thing? Cause I know some people are interested in that, but, um, it's, it's uh, yeah, pretty self explanatory. So talk it.
0: about, w- we were going to get there in a minute, but we're there now. So talk mm-hmm. about how are those points used? If I have one point and you've got nine points and my buddy, staley's got five points how do we go into that group app or that party app so um i'm
1: not going to do public math but basically <laughs> the, <laughs> they round to the nearest decimal point point. and interestingly so wyoming actually does give you if you have two and a half points you are a higher preference than someone with two points but you are a lower preference than someone with three like they they count your decimal Um, And you'll see that on their on their draw reports um, or you'll see it on draw reports on Gohan or wherever is like you'll have like a less than two points or less than five points. And that Mm -hmm. means everyone who's in those decimal ranges uh, who was in a party. Um, So the average is is
0: the short and uh, quick and dirty version. Gotcha. Okay, so they average it. And then whatever that average is, is the points that you got. Yep. We're not hunting with Staley. We don't want to hunt with that guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No kidding. I don't want to pack any of his elk out.
0: I'm bear hunting with him in two weeks. Oh, good. That's going to be fun. (laughs) He's got to pack out his own bear. Um, (laughs) Okay. So, okay. That's good. That's how the party app works. Mm -hmm. And um, okay. So let's go ahead and kind of continue down that path. Was there anything else about party apps?
1: Um, I just wanted to make note that everyone has to have the same first, second, and third uh, choice applications as a party. You can only party up with people of the same residency. You can't do non-residents and residents in the same party in Wyoming. Um, you also all have to do the same price license. You can't do, uh, one person does a special, special price application. The other person does a regular, everyone's got to go in the special or everyone's got to go on the regular. So that's the last, that's my last note on
0: parties. Okay um all right so you're in there you're going to select what type of license you're going you're to apply as an individual or you're going to apply as a party let's go back into individual kind of talk about how that works and now you could probably get into that general and special tag and the difference between the two and why would somebody select that special so i wanted to point out first
1: and foremost that um Wyoming has a system where they have limited quota licenses and then they have like a quote unquote general license, which is allocated via regions, um, for non-residents, um, for non-residents, essentially those region quotas are broken up, um, just like all of the limited quota stuff is. So don't get too confused when you're talking and I know that this stuff can get heady, but um, don't get too confused when you're talking general versus limited quota as a non-resident. You all have quotas, so it all works the same way. Um, residents get crossed their wires cross on this all the time, so I just wanted to bring that up. Um, okay, so you were asking what the split between um, special and regular is, correct? Mm-hmm.
0: So first, if you- first, what's the split between? Is is now the time where we say what's the split between? Resident and non-resident. Mm-hmm. So, so it how, is eight... how, what percentage does a non-resident get? And uh-huh. what what does the state of Wyoming? What percentage do they give non-residents? I'm glad you pointed this out. So, <clears throat> in theory, if you had 100 licenses
1: in a unit, 80 of those for deer and antelope go to residents. 20 of those go to non-residents. Okay. Okay. So then I've got I, I'm like I said no public math here. I've got my calculator out. So. um
0: I can't correct it- you if you're wrong anyway, because <laughs> my public math is worse than yours, no doubt.
1: I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep this exact example rolling because there are like a hundred tag examples in mm-hmm. the regulations and and I think it's worthwhile to help people go down this math this math rabbit hole. So if you have a hundred in the regulations, there's a hundred licenses, twenty percent of them go to non-residents. Of those twenty percent, forty percent of those go to the special draw that is eight licenses. Okay. Okay. And then Mm -hmm. 60% go to the regular draw. That is 12 licenses tracking. Yep. Each of those pools, the eight and the 12 get split up into 75% and 25% allocations. 75% of them go to the preference point holders. 25% of them go to random. So, if you have eight tags in a special pool, then 75% of those, which is six licenses, go to the top preference point holders, and you have two random tags. As far as the um, 12, you know, if you've got a pool of 12 people, um, 75% of those go to the preference point holders, that's nine, and 25%
0: go to um, the random pool. Okay. Okay. 100 is a great example then, because that all breaks out pretty Mm -hmm. good. And I like that because there's always a chance. Wyoming is one of those states where there's always going to be a chance. Um, All right. So next question, then we'll move on to let's talk a little bit about those regions that you were talking about earlier, too. and, And how do those regions play a part in that application? The deer regions themselves um, kind of span the entire
1: state. So they're all over. And as you look at it on the map, um, you have just a variety of different terrains you can hunt and like a different, so everyone seems to focus on like the classic high country of Wyoming, but that's probably only a quarter of all the deer hunting opportunities that you even consider in, in the state. So it's worthwhile to look, um, across the state, especially, you know, when we we're talking about these tag cuts that are, pretty significant in um parts like central south central and and western wyoming um there's still going to be some great opportunities elsewhere so basically they have groups of deer areas um that are going to be labeled a region so region a is areas 1 through 6 b is 7 through 9 plus 11 through 12 plus 21 you can go look on the game and fish website and see which of these um are which but um essentially those all are given a quota for non-residents and um, then the, the non-residents can apply for those just as if they were a limited quota. Um, the way that, it, and this is important, the way that you find out what you're hunting though, like when you're there, is to look at the regulations book from either the year previous or the draft regulations and anywhere that it says type G-E-N, general G-E-N, that's where you are valid to hunt um, with your general license in that unit that you have the region. Um, there's going to be like, this is, this is where people get kind of, um, people just try to look at the, the (laughs) main dates that you can be there hunting mule deer usually. But for instance, there's some areas in like region C or region Y, where you have archery dates, you have mule deer dates, then you have, white tail buck dates and then you have white tail doe dates. So there's a whole bunch of opportunity that you can unlock with one of these specific general region tags. Um you just have to know how to read the regulations.
0: And is it is it Wyoming where even within some of the regions there's different dates for the different units that are inside of that region? Totally. Like yeah. uh okay. I I knew unit- there was one state that was like <laughs> oh. You, you really got to know where you're at and what you're doing in that unit.
1: Yep. For instance, region L where I'm, where I'm sitting right now, we've got a September 15th opener. We've got an October 1st opener and we've got an October 15th opener. And um, we've got a whole host of different end dates that are sprinkled out throughout there too. So uh, yeah, it's well worth it to look at the specific units that you're wanting to hunt within a region to make sure that, you're that that you can bounce around because sometimes there's going to be general units that are closed or open or not available or whatever um when you're there and you have to triple check that
0: gotcha okay um the next thing i had on here was how does the process work for a non-resident but i, I think you explained that pretty well when you broke out those percentages earlier and you talked to about the 75 and the 25 for each mm-hmm. special and general. just to
1: clarify um I use the example as like a limited quota in that um, example because we were talking about the resident non-resident split but residents don't apply for regions so that means these are only non-resident quote only non-resident quotas there's no the residents don't take any number of off the top of the regions when you're applying so keep that in mind when you're looking at your applications
0: gotcha yeah um are there any units where, it it just doesn't pay to be a non-resident and apply for instance if there's five tags is there any unit that is is just or or region i should say that you just uh, you just mathematically have no chance yeah um
1: for the most part wyoming doesn't offer less than 25 licenses so the an- the short answer is basically every single unit has a random tag so you have a chance everywhere Um now I'm gonna look it up. Like for example, the area 130 tag that is like excuse me, it's super coveted. Area 130 did not have a um regular random tag, right? And that's probably the only example um that I can think of. That so certainly there are like depending on the pool that you're in, um, it can get down to a small enough uh amount of licenses that you don't have a chance. Um so you gotta look you gotta you gotta triple check that for sure but anytime you're in that 25 and under tag allocation you gotta go triple check
0: gotcha um is point creep a thing are you guys uh, this let's say this year is Uh point creep something that we should be concerned about because i see next next year i think it is really going to be
1: um. Yeah. I. So here's something that I've heard, and this is not triple confirmed. I haven't seen the numbers, et cetera. But one thing that might have occurred this year is that applications are kind of staying constant so far. What you will see, though, is like point creep still happens if the applications stay constant and the tags that you are all putting in for decrease. So it happened. Resident, non-resident, doesn't matter the the your odds get worse if the tags go down right like so if you have seen um some reductions some major reductions i would expect to to see point creep there um and then you have some like uh, other variables like this special license fee increase next year that may or may not change how people apply this year i'm not sure i'm not going to try to make a prediction um but you should be conservative when you're making applications though. Like hopefully if you're like, your only out of out of state hunt is in Wyoming this year. Hopefully you are doing your due diligence to have more points than necessary to draw.
0: Yeah. Um, what, well, you said you don't want to make that prediction. I was going to say, Regarding so, the special- so what are your predictions? Like <laughs> it, when those go up, what's the, the tag price going up to or what? So,
1: And I pulled it up here so we can so we can cover it with confidence. So um currently, um these tag applications for or these tag fees for um let's just look at antelope. It's right here. Um the special license now is six hundred and fourteen dollars for antelope. Next year it's gonna be eight hundred and twenty-six dollars.
0: Okay. What about deer? Do you have deer right there?
1: Uh also no oh, sorry i got them mixed 874 for pronghorn 826 for deer i just got them, those wires crossed okay. so and basically you're going what, what did elk go up
0: to <laughs> or what will it
1: uh let's see da, da, da. isn't it like
0: two thousand dollars or something crazy
1: yes yes okay
0: well okay i retract what i said I, i'm not going to retract it but what i'm saying is i, I said it incorrectly <laughs> i don't think that's crazy okay And the reason why I say that is because I think, so I'm sitting on a pile of, not a pile, small pile of points Mm -hmm. in Wyoming, and I'm not going to hunt Wyoming every single year. I might apply for Wyoming next year, maybe. Mm -hmm. Let's say, okay, let's say it's for deer, $814 for a deer tag that I apply for every four years. I I just Mm -hmm. don't think that that's terrible.
1: Okay, so what if that fee was $1,100? Because I may have done my math wrong and this is the freaking problem <laughs> with these, yeah. yeah. This is the freaking problem with all of these license changes is like you're expect. I'm someone who loves this stuff. I pay attention to it. I know the system and I still don't get it right. And we're expecting people who are, do not know the system to understand what's going on here. But so, um, like, okay, so it's $1,100. On
0: if it's yeah. $1,100, then mm-hmm. I can tell you that I'm, I'm not going to just put in for any old hunt. It's Mm -hmm. going to be a good hunt and I'll pay that extra money and I will burn my points every, I would say every six, five or six years instead of two or three years in order to get a better hunt.
1: Mm -hmm. And I don't mind paying more for
0: it because I'm not doing it every year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And this is basically where I've come, you know, I've, I've asked as many people as possible, like, What, what is it going to change when you do this? And basically here's the consensus. If you're someone who hunts regularly, you're trying to do this on zero to one point units, like as often as possible. Yeah. That's going to be a bummer because you know, you don't want to spend that extra, you know, $800 every single year. But for the people who are doing this, just like you are, who are like on a more staggered basis, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just like a, it's going to save me a couple of years on a quality experience. Like I'm probably going to keep doing what I'm doing. So that's where I'm not so sure you're going to see major differences in this. Um, you're going to see some minor changes. I, you know, in the if I was going to try to put a number on it, I bet you you see like ten percent or twenty percent more people in the regular pool than you see in the app or special pool now. Um, but I don't think it's going to be monumental. Um, but that was the original was just-
0: intent of that special pool, right? Was to separate and to kind of dig into that point creep a little bit. Yes. And Say, okay, well, there's, there's this pool of people that want to apply every few years and they're going to pay more. And then there's this pool of people that are going to apply for a general tag and they're going to try to come out every couple of years and they're going to hunt every couple of years. Exactly.
1: You're precisely correct. And you know, in a large part, this is, um, this was the outcome of negotiations between average DIY hunters and the outfitter crowd. Um, so that th- this was the compromise that came out so that the uh, there wasn't an outfitter pool like you see in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, this is, it's a complex system as a result, but uh, like you said, it it has a purpose. And I think that the pricing structure was so close previously that in some cases people were getting special tags that took way more points than anybody in the regular. Um, there was an example of a new hunt of a new deer hunt last year where it took like eight or 10, like special points and like six regular points. And you know, hmm. that's backwards. That's not supposed to be that way on this system. So, yeah. um, you know, right. again, that just is why that all is changing and yeah. it's, it's confusing, Let's but
0: stick it, We're going to stick a pin in that topic because we're going to come back to it in the end when we start talking about some different tag allocations. And then if it, if we do roll into a part two show, then, um, I think that will be a good conversation to even expand on more than what we did. We, we talked through it pretty good, I think, but, uh, I agree. okay. So we're going to stick the pin in that one. Uh, when a person applies, how many choices do they get to apply for in Wyoming? You receive three choices in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And so, are they all looked at at the same time or are they pass? you go first pass everybody's first pass is looked at, and then it comes back to second. And then it third. is
1: it is just like that, that you just mentioned. I like to call it the NFL draft. It's like everyone, everyone's first round draft pick gets looked at first before you look at everyone's second round draft pick. Um, so chances are, um, you know, the, the best quarterback in the uh, coming out of college is going to get picked up in that first round and you don't get another chance at him if you put him down as your second choice.
0: Yeah. For non-residents, do they ever make it to the third round? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Okay. Especially well, there's, there's some states that I asked that question because there are some states where you're not even getting that far, right? You can put down yeah. three choice. Arizona, you can put down three choices, but you're, you're probably, I don't think people even get to the third round. They're lucky to make it to the second. You know where this is where,
1: and I'm, I'm going to re-emphasize this, like I'm okay throwing our whitetail under the bus here. Like if you're a non-resident and let's just say where you live, doesn't have any public, hardly any public land to go hunt for whitetails. The whitetail hunting opportunity, you can pick up third choice whitetail tags in Wyoming all day long. So, <laughs> and they don't take your points when you're past the first round. Um so second choice, third choice, if you're putting a type three whitetail buck tag down, you can pick it up and keep gaining points every single year.
0: Do you pay up front or is it, um, you just pay the licensing fee and the application fees and then you pay when you're drawn, uh, you get charged up
1: front. So okay. you get refunded if you don't draw.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, how long does that process take? Or are you familiar with it?
1: Uh, it's actually not too bad for the uh, for the deer and antelope. Um, you basically start getting your refunds maybe a week after the tag draws come out. Not too bad, okay. really.
0: Um, gr- well, we already talked about party applications, changing your selections after you apply. So if I went in and applied, applied today and uh-huh. then all of these new numbers come out on uh-huh. April 17th or 18th or whatever, and they publish the new regulation, crap, I need to make some changes. Can I make changes in Wyoming?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, for instance, um, let's just say I already applied for Mountain Goat, and I can go back in and um, and basically click already submitted applications, and those already submitted applications will pop up, and you can modify them, and you can play plug and play, um, however you'd like until the application date is due. So, if you did this in April or you know, March or whatever, you can always go back until that May 31st deadline and make up modifications.
0: Free of charge? Free of charge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Some states allow it. And like New Mexico, you just have to pay your application fee again. So basically you delete your application and then you got to repay the application fee. Um, some states don't allow it at all. Once you apply, you're applied and that's you're in it and there's no turning back.
1: Yeah, I, I sure. So like... I like
0: that Wyoming. You can make those with those changes because I think a couple of yeah. years last year, you after you and I talked, I made some applications, and then we talked again, and I think I went in and made some changes. And it was it's simple. You just you just go change them. It. Yeah, it's
1: really handy in today's day and age. Um, the technology is there to do it, you know, and especially when you have changing tags and tag numbers like throughout the application period, it's super vital. I think it would be it wouldn't be very nice if you did that <laughs> and it
0: wasn't and things were changing. Um what about um after you draw or mm-hmm. or right after a person draws can they return their tag and get a refund? Only under extreme circumstances
1: like you broke your leg or you get called to, you know, deploy overseas or something like that. Um there's not like if you don't have a good reason, you can't return a license in Wyoming. Um, There's no turn back tags that you can pick up either. Like basically once they're issued, they're issued for the year. And so keep that in mind. Um, The only caveat to that is if you are a um, disabled veteran, you can pick up tags that um, people donate back to the system. So let's just say you can't go as a non-resident. Yeah. Residents and non-residents.
0: Are you kidding? I'm going to write that down.
1: (laughs) So uh, Essentially what you can do is like uh, residents oftentimes will je- donate like a general tag or something that they was a little easier to pick up and, um, uh, you, a non-resident disabled that can go pick that up and go hunt on it. Um, so if you, let's just say, um, let's just say you're an older person, your kids are getting married in the middle of your hunt and you can't skip out and you can't tell them to change the wedding date. Um, so you have to turn this tag back in, still turn it back in, um, because somebody else still can use that. It just won't, you know, um, it'll be someone on that, like disabled, uh, hunt the disabled vet list. Or I think there's also some kids with terminal illnesses that can get those licenses. Um, so those two things are, it's worthwhile turning it back in if you just have
0: screwed the pooch. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, good. That's very good to point out, but all good reasons. Disabled yeah. veterans, you know, terminally, what whatever that has, you know, that's whatever right. it is. That's all good reasons for those. Uh let's see. Where'd my notes go? I got all excited about those disabled veteran opportunities. <laughs> I got lost. You and I, you <laughs> and I should talk offline. Oh, we're going to. We will after okay. we're done, we will. Okay. Um, over-the-counter opportunities. Are there any over-the-counter tags in Wyoming? Um, there are two over-the-counter tags, and that
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> those are black bear and cougar, uh, oh, oh, and wolf, I guess, technically three. Um, but in the ungulate category, there are technically no over the counter licenses. Um, the one thing that you can look at though, are these, uh, doe whitetail licenses. There are a pile of those in, especially in places like near the big horns near Sheridan Gillette, that kind of thing. Um, those whitetail licenses are essentially over the counter. Um, you just can pick them up on the leftover list. Like basically throughout the entire fall. Um, but to the short answer, your question is for the ungulates, there are no over the counter, only predators.
0: Gotcha. Okay. But there are some 100% draw. Are there 100% draw out opportunities out there? Not yeah. necessarily over the counter, but you're going to get it if you apply.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, and this is where the difference between the special and the regular starts really making a difference is um, whether or not you're going to go back year, year, year after year after year, because um, that's the pool. That's the place where you see some major differences. Um, so, yeah, without getting into like the the nitty gritty of that, uh, if you're someone who has the ability and wants to go frequently, the special draw is worth it.
0: Okay. For now
1: for now well it'll probably improve as long as you can afford it yeah right if you want to
0: if you want to go that way with it i guess yeah um okay let's get into i think you use this term properly some housekeeping type stuff mm-hmm. uh, or do you have any more that stuff that you want to, anything that you want to touch on in the application process or or any of of that no 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 not
1: nope not at uh based on what we've talked about um like you said i think there's some great housekeeping things that we can touch on now um the oh one last question that people have asked me and and i think you've probably heard it too is can i just buy a tag Um, the only licenses that someone can like technically just buy are the commissioner's licenses that are these high end tags. You get to pick any hunt, any, uh, for deer or elk or antelope in the state. Um, and those commissioner's licenses go through auction a lot of time and are really, really expensive. If you don't buy one of those licenses for 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand, whatever they go for, um, then you cannot, you cannot buy your way into Wyoming.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Man, I had one other thing. Oh, the super tag. What's the super tag?
1: Oh man, that you caught me outside of my uh, realm of expertise. Um, The super tag, if I remember right, is more like a, it's a raffle system. You can buy like $5 raffle tickets and then um, you get basically raffle tickets for moose, for sheep, for goat, like those kinds of things. And then you can do the the Wyoming trifecta. Um, Those things have as far as I can remember those have closed for this year, but it is a great raffle that you can enter, um, for just a couple bucks. And like, you know, it certainly has long odds, but it is another way you can get your name in the hat for some of these species that, um, you know, we're not going to cover it in detail, but, um, where you only have like one random tag in the sheep pool. Now you should be looking at the special, uh, tags and, or the special super tags to try to get one of those.
0: Yeah. Basically, if I understand them correctly, you can pretty much hunt anywhere in the state yep. for a species, right? That, yep. That's that you pick wherever you want to go. And then the and trifecta it- is you get all three, well, you get elk, deer, and antelope tags, and you can hunt anywhere in the state.
1: Yep. I think. And the commission yeah and and the commissioner's tag and it's separate it's different than a commissioner's tag because the commissioner's tag you turn in the slip and they basically give you a hunt that's in the regulations back so you don't get to like just float around the entire state time
0: okay so yep good all right good administrative housekeeping we'll get into housekeeping stuff okay um Removing the animal from the state is there? Do, does Wyoming have any restriction on taking an animal outside of the state? Are there CWD concerns? That that type of thing. There are
1: certainly CWD concerns. Um, now it's funny because Wyoming like has so much chronic wasting disease; they're not as a, as much of a stickler as it going out. But the states around us are right. So if you're leaving Wyoming, you really should make sure that you get the brains, the spinal column and all that stuff like out of the head of whatever you're taking across state lines. Um, So just the, the way you do that is you get that, that, you know, you get your cape taken off, uh, you know, you skin out the head, whatever you're going to do with it, get that cape off of the skull cap and then um, blow it, go down to like the local um, uh, car wash and go pressure wash out the back of the head. Um, That's really the, the main source of where chronic wasting disease lives or it's not technically alive, but you get the idea. Um, and uh, you got to go blow that out. It is also like, don't feel too weird about it. I don't want an angry like car wash person to, to say, to get mad at me, but um, it is pretty common to go do it. So just don't feel too weird about going down to the car wash and using their pressure washer. It's, uh,
0: it's common. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you properly tag an animal in Wyoming? So I definitely
1: um, have been, you know, taught, told, like we always do it around the antler. Um, but what you need to make sure to do is keep that carcass coupon. It's called a carcass coupon. Keep the carcass coupon on the biggest chunk of meat at while you're, it's like in transport or while you're trying to shuttle it back to the truck or whatever. So that means like, you know, if let's just say you have a head and then you have four quarters of meat in the cooler, the carcass coupon that usually gets strapped to the antler. It needs to actually be with the meat at all times. So keep that in mind. Um, like I said, it sometimes is easiest when you're like, especially when you're packing something out of the mountains, just like tape it to the horn or whatever, but, um, just be cognizant of where that thing is at. Because if you go to the check station and even if they're like in two different trucks, it's like, a, it's like a no, no, just make sure that the meat has the carcass coupon with it. Um same with the evidence of sex. Uh now I think the safest way to do that is gonna be to like leave a um evidence of sex attached to the meat, right? So like leave some testicles attached to the hind quarter or whatever you need to do to to like keep that with that whole process. Um the head certainly like if it's if it's whole and you've got the head on, I mean that like the but um it is worthwhile to be overly cautious in that realm to just keep that uh, evidence of sex on there.
0: Gotcha. Um, blaze orange, is that a requirement?
1: Yes. Wyoming requires you have one piece of blaze orange and, um, I'm going to get raked over the coals if I don't give you guys the right sizing of it, but essentially, um, you can have one, you just have to have one piece, uh, on you at a single time. So for me, I'm a, I just have a blaze orange hat on, um, and that works. Uh, sometimes you'll just run like a blaze orange vest. Um, obviously there's no, no harm in running multiple pieces. Um, but that is something that, uh, that you have, you have to do and isn't too hard to do because literally just one piece. Um, the other thing is that, uh, fluorescent pink is also a viable color in Wyoming. Mm. Um, Yeah. And, uh, the other interesting thing is archers and, uh, that hunting during the special archery season, uh, or a limited quota archery season are exempt from that requirement. So, um, what you'll see a lot in Wyoming is you'll see like, Hey, there's a cow tag or a doe tag open with a rifle at the same time as the archery season. Archers do not need to worry about that. Um, and they just made a change in the regulations about that. Um, I think they clarified it this year. So, um, and as I'm looking at the regulations, I just wanted to emphasize that there aren't any specific like, um, size requirements in the regulations. You know, some States will be like, Hey, you have to have 400 cubic inches or whatever. I think it might be Montana, but, um, this one is just like one garment that is exterior visible front and back. Um, and usually just, just be smart on that one if it's a just a blaze orange hat or just a blaze orange vest um wear that i always even if you have the blaze orange vest on i always throw a blaze panel on the back of my backpack because it's like look i'm not out here trying to get shot right so yeah, um
0: yeah <laughs> the, and and archers be smart with it oh, yeah i will wear orange during an archery season if there's a requirement to have blaze like if there's a rifle hunt like you just said right if there's a rifle hunt and the, the rifle hunters have to wear orange I'll, as an archery hunter, I'll still wear orange because I don't I don't want to get shot. It hurts. Absolutely, man. So yeah.
1: that is something to take into consideration. Um, you know, and it's just worthwhile. Like when you're going to these places, uh, when you're going out on a deer hunt, let's just, there are not a lot of people that do this, but let's just say you're going out archery deer hunting. It'd be worthwhile to look and see, oh, hey, people are shooting, banging away at elk with rifles right now. I should probably you know, just keep a little bit more visibility on me. Um, It doesn't
0: hurt. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, Okay. What resources are available for Wyoming? Is there a YouTube channel that that, that does um, Mm -hmm. Wyoming Wildlife Federation have resources? Does the um, Wyoming Department of Game and Fish Department, you may not, I'm sure you're familiar with them, but what resources are out there for non-residents if they want to, become more familiar with the state.
1: So Wyoming Game and Fish has some,
0: some good resources um,
1: throughout their website and on their YouTube. I will say they're sometimes kind of hard to find. Um, what I did with my day job is I put together some tag application information um, that is in article form. Um, so usually when you like type in like what tag types are there, then an article about untangling Wyoming tag types comes up um, and it'll help
0: you decipher between those different things. So um, oh, I, down- I linked that into the to the elk show that we did. That's a good did you? article. Yes. I'll link it into this one too. Cause it's good. Thanks.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So there's a handful of different articles I've done that are on Wyoming wildlife federation as well. Um, I've done some, uh, I did some webinars on Wyoming wildlife federation's behalf, um, that are on our Wyoming wildlife federation YouTube channel. Um, those webinars basically cover a lot of the same stuff that we've talked about tonight. Um, but will also be helpful just like as a refresher. So if they need to go back and and see some more visuals, um I go through that 100 tag um that 100 tag example on that webinar and um people can actually see how it breaks out like I did a little chart and stuff. So uh if you're a visual Fancy. learner that could be helpful.
0: Okay? So let's talk about resources for pronghorn hunting. If a person wanted to go do some antelope hunting, Are there any resources they can do for that? So I will say the uh, Wyoming Game and Fish
1: Department website, if you can figure out your way around that sucker, um, there is some information in there, especially regarding like public access. And um, one thing that they've done, though, is they have to take a pretty conservative approach to what they say is good access and what they say isn't because they're kind of providing information for people who do and don't have on or go hunt maps or whatever it is that like you're using to help get around these small public parcels. Um, and then with my hunt West project, I'm uh, putting together some specific webinars, uh, to cover some, you know, actual, uh, units and actual hunt information. Um, so if someone's like, Hey, I don't have any points, but I want to hunt antelope. Like is area 21 worth it? Um, That one takes a little more than zero points now, but, but you get the idea. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, is there enough public land in here? And then I can kind of walk you through some stuff and I'm doing that on a limited basis. Um, but would love it if, uh, we filled those up. Uh, there's a couple slots left on, on both deer and pronghorn. So really um, what's the,
0: are you charging for those?
1: Yep. They're 20 bucks a spot.
0: And really, well, you're probably going to sell at least one to a guy like me. (laughs) <laughs> uh give me more information on those when are they they're 20 bucks but how do i gain access to that because I, so, I i'll probably buy the i want to watch the deer one if i'm available
1: okay um there's i think that there are five sl- spots left for deer and i think eight spots left for pronghorn Um, the pronghorn, I want to make sure that I have all of my information, uh, just lined up specifically. So, um, they're on the pronghorn one is on the homepage of huntwest.net. Um, and that one is on April 5th, 2023 at 7 PM mountain standard time. The other thing that I do for people who go to these webinars is I record them and then I make them only available for everyone who has, who has watched it. So, um, you can go back and get more information. Um, then the deer one specifically is... Is the following week um, and I want to make sure again uh, that I don't give anybody the wrong information here um, but uh, that is on April 19th at 7
0: p.m mountain wow. standard time I'm gonna be out oh but if I pay for it it's recorded and I can watch it later yes yep okay absolutely good. yeah okay then I'm gonna sign up for that because um, sorry if you're a listener and I'm taking one of your five spots <laughs> too bad I'm taking one the uh, <laughs> that's when we're gonna be bear hunting so I'll I'll miss it but if I can watch it after I get back then great yeah, absolutely. And the other cool
1: thing is like, I asked people to send me in questions beforehand so I can do a little bit extra research. Um, but I find over and over again that the questions are the same and uh, it's worthwhile uh, for people to hop on. And, you know, like oftentimes people will ask the number one question, where can I go this year if I have never applied before? And so I'm going to cover that not only in detail, like, but I'll give specific areas and units and like what you can expect in these
0: places when we talk about it. Gotcha. And what's the forum for that? Is it like Zoom or how are you going to broadcast it? Yeah, it's Zoom. Zoom, okay. Maybe if we have service, Staley and I Tune will in. watch your, your deer one while we're out bear hunting.
1: Hey, you make sure that guy gets charged double. <laughs>
0: yeah, I will. <laughs> if he doesn't pay, I'll shave his beard while he sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. No, no that's um, awesome. Wh- okay, did we miss anything in in what we got right here?
1: No, I think we covered a good amount of stuff here. I I mean, I, we've covered a lot of like, really, like we were talking about like logistical housekeeping stuff. Um, the last thing I would just mention is, uh, something that we didn't cover was just that to be in big W wilderness, uh, non-residents have to have a resident guide or hire a guide and outfitter service. Um, so if you're looking at region F, for example, up in near Cody, there's a ton of big W wilderness in that deer hunt. Um, and you just kind of have to either A, work around that or B, find someone to go with you or C, hire an outfitter. So um, that's just a last, you know, cautionary tale when we're looking at where to go and
0: uh, different restrictions that are on non-residents. I always forget about that one. And that's a kind of a big one. Because some of those units, they look spectacular on the map. And then you get in there and you can only hunt like 20% of it because 80% is big wilderness. And otherwise you got to know somebody or have an outfitter.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things, like someone posed it to me the other day. They're like, so how would you feel if that was reciprocated across the West? And I was like, "Mm, I would not like that. So (laughs) I, uh, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but, um, it certainly is an odd law, odd rule to have. Um, I could see it getting challenged, uh, someday, but, uh, the funny thing is, I mean, there's not an incentive for a resident to challenge it. So Mm -hmm. here we are.
0: Here we are. Okay. So we'll pause right there then. Uh, do you, do you want to do a two-parter or do you want to just kind of roll in or do we even need to talk about the reduction and stuff or, Because we kind of touched on all of that stuff already, I think.
1: Yeah, I think we touched on it pretty good, man. Um, And uh, I'll go into specific questions with folks on um, the webinars I'm doing, but I don't want to um, blow up any places or, you know, like the couple of the places where they've added some tags. I also don't want people to flood into there either. Um, So uh, yeah, let's just cover those on the limited webinars.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Then I think we'll just cut it right there. What else do you have anything else before we hop off?
1: No, I, uh, here's the, here's the final, I, I want to leave folks with one final thought. Yeah. And, and that is it better like, be a deep one
0: too, like It is it Jack handy level.
1: I see the prevailing, the prevailing perspective on Wyoming this year has been ultra negative. Yes. We've had a lot of winter kill. We've had a lot of like hard. Uh, weather, we've had negative you know negative 40 degree temperatures and, and it's like people are set up right now with this long winter to be very negative about this state. However, most of the time, you got to remember that the age class that is impacted by these hard winters are the fawns. And therefore, the adults who aren't nearly as impacted are still going to be on the landscape for you to, to hunt this next fall. So I don't think that this is a bad year to be going to Wyoming if you have the tags, if you have the time or if you have the preference points like like it's not all doom and gloom for this year. Now, um, we'll have to just kind of see what happens these next couple of years. Whenever you have a ton of moisture like we've had, that means that the landscape is going to be a lot healthier there's going to be more grass there's more Forbs there's more you know like forage just in general for these critters to eat and so they're going to be a lot healthier in the fall when you actually get around to hunting them so um yes it is not good in a lot of places as far as like how the winter conditions have impacted the herds but but this is not a bad year to get out there because um, it gets worse before it gets better because you've lost these fawns so um take it with a grain of salt and uh you know what just go out and have fun
0: if you end up with the tag in Wyoming Go out and have fun. That's what it's all about. I, I think that's, that's right. an excellent point. And I'm glad you said that because I, I was just listening to a podcast the other day and there was a lot of negativity about Wyoming mm-hmm. in that podcast. And I kept I kept thinking to myself, like I mean, I obviously I don't want to see hunter numbers decline in any state, but um just like you said, man, I with that bad reputation, I wonder, or not bad reputation, but the mm-hmm. the bad information that's going out hopefully it doesn't cut those numbers and people do apply. There's good bucks all over the landscape, no matter where you're at. That's right. They're going to be out there. You just got to go hunt them.
1: Exactly. And when you do a little bit of research that can help a big time too, right? Like if you're going to go hunt region G this year and expect it to be like it was last year, you're going to be disappointed. Right. But if you do your research, you figure out, you know, like for instance, the Cody region wasn't as heavily impacted. The Northeast region wasn't as heavily impacted. Laramie wasn't nearly as heavily impacted. Like, If you're doing your research and figuring out like some of the places where things could still be really good this year, um, you can still come out and have a good hunt. And, and I think that that's the, the new, there's some nuance there that gets lost when we, uh, read headlines, make social media posts and, and go off on rants.
0: (laughs) Yeah. just get out and hunt, get out and hunt it. All right. I think we'll wrap it up right there. Um, contact information for you for hunt West and how do people get in touch with you?
1: I appreciate that. Um, I'm at Jaden Bales on all the social media platforms. um, And then Hunt West specifically, if you want to ask me about tag stuff, I'm trying to keep more of that stuff over there um, just so my personal isn't uh, isn't Jordan Staley sending me Lord of the Rings memes and people asking me tag stuff. It's just it gets confusing. (laughs) Um, At least you get
0: Lord of the Rings. I get a lot of eggplants for some reason. (laughs)
1: Oh, that's great. So if you want to talk to me about tag stuff or just creating a hunt plan in general, um, for, for Wyoming or anywhere across the state, look up, uh, hunt West at it. I have to add the S in there with all these usernames. Cause someone took the standard one, but at hunts West, H U N T S West. Um, that's on Instagram and Facebook.
0: Okay. And I will link that into the show notes if you need it uh awesome jaden thank you very much we're going to keep this to a one-parter oh i think i said we talked about that earlier so we'll just yeah leave it sounds anyway sorry no bonus episode we talked about everything we needed to talk about today although i'm sure that jaden will be back so if you really enjoy listening to jaden bales he'll be back <laughs> thanks man i just
1: enjoy i enjoy catching up with you regardless yeah, of podcasting always. so one of these yeah, days I we need to it. get
0: Lund on here too we'll just do a trio
1: we should do a trio podcast of some kind
0: Yeah. He keeps trying to get me to come up to Alaska. So maybe we should just go up there and go fishing and we can just record. 2024. 2024. It's on the books. Let's do it. All right. Done. (laughs) Done. All All right. Let me hit stop. And then I have some more questions for you.
1: All right. Later.